Come on and put those hands together and give God praise. Come on, reach up and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm encouraged this morning. Come on, tell your neighbor, be encouraged that I'm going to press on to see what the end is going to be. Hallelujah. 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 Remain center for the word of God. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke, the first chapter. Luke, the first chapter. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Sister Stephanie. Luke, the first chapter. Starting at verse 5. For all those that are able and can, please stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. word. Luke, chapter 1, verse 5. I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible. Will you have it? Say amen. If you don't, just say wait. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 5. And it reads as this. In the days when Herod was king of Judea, there was a certain priest whose name was Zechariah. Of the daily service, the division of Abiah, and his wife was a descendant of, was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children, for Elizabeth was bearing them, and both were far advanced in age. Now, while on duty, serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, as the custom of the priesthood, it fell on him by lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And all the throng of people were praying outside in the court, and in one hour of incense burning. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear took possession of him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. And you must call his name John, which means God is favorable. And you should have joy and exude delight, and many will rejoice over his birth. For he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord, and he must drink no wine nor strong drink, and he will be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, even in and from his mother's womb. And he will turn back and cause to return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will himself go, go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of fathers to the children and the disobedient and, 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 undeser and, and, and undeserable to the wisdom of the upright, which is the knowledge and the holy one of the will of God, in order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed and placed in the right moral state. And Zechariah said to the angel, by what shall I know and be sure of this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Verse 19. And the angel replied to him, I am, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. I have, been, I have been sent to talk to you and to bring you this good news. Verse 20. Now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not able to speak till the day when these things take place. Because you have not believed what I've told you, but my words are of kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. Now the people kept waiting for Zechariah and the wonder at this delaying so long in the sanctuary. I want my emphasis on which I'll take my text is from verse 20. Now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not speak till the day when the things take place. Because you have not believed what I've told you, but my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, shh, be quiet. Turn to your neighbor on your other side and say, neighbor, shh, 
be quiet. Now find somebody behind you and tell them, say, neighbor, you in church. Be quiet. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have to go into the word of God on today, Lord. Breathe upon your word, God. Lift up, I pray that you, your word will be used to convict, to encourage, oh God, and to enlighten your people and to uplift your people, oh God. We thank you and we praise you and we give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all that God's people said, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Shh, be quiet. Luke, a physician by trade, um, is known to be one of the greatest historians that list the events of Jesus. Um, loose, precise, loose, precise accuracy of the events of Jesus was to show evidence and the credibility of the information that Luke, that Luke was presenting. He desired for the readers to know about Jesus' divinity and to paint a picture of what it would look like when man, if man were to walk with God consistently. Luke takes us into the life of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Two individuals who loved God, not just merely with their words, but they walked out the talk that they gave. Yet old, fruitless, and barren. The Bible records that they both were righteous before God, walking in all of the commandments and audiences of the Lord, blameless. They had a personal relationship with God, and it wasn't, wasn't just giving him lip service, but they walked in total surrender of their lives and obedience to his will and to his word. The question could be asked this morning, saints of God, if they were so righteous and holy, why would God allow Elizabeth to be childless? Why would God allow Elizabeth to be barren when they walked upright before God? They did. They followed his commandments. They said what they were supposed to say. They did what they were supposed to do. They had the right attitude. They had the right mindset. They sacrificed in praise and worship. They sacrificed in their giving. They gave in their tithes and in their offering. They lived a life pleasing unto the Lord. But why would God allow for them, Elizabeth, to be barren? It's a question that we ask ourselves sometimes. God sometimes allows certain things to happen in our lives so that he can use our lives as his next stage to perform his next miracle so that others can be able to see that he is yet still king and a ruler in our lives no matter what the situation is and no matter what the circumstances. God used the life of Elizabeth and the life of Zacharias to prove to others around them that it does not matter. Whatever it is that I have promised unto you, it does not matter if you have have reached old age, in, old age in your years. It does not matter if it's taken years for me to perform the miracle. What I told you I would do in your life, I am going to do just that. It doesn't matter if you're 40. It doesn't matter if you're 60. It does not matter if you're 103. What I said that I am going to do in your life, I am going to keep my word, and I am going to fulfill everything that I've told you, everything that I've given you in the dream, everything that I've given you in the vision, everything that I told you that I'm going to do in your life, I am going to bring all those things to fruition and to manifest those things in your life. But the thing that we have to do, saints of God, is that we must be patient. We must be patient. We must be patient in waiting on God because sometimes, sometimes in the race, as we're waiting on God to do just what he said he would do, as we're waiting on God to perform that miracle, as we're waiting on God to move supernaturally in our lives, we become discouraged. Because we feel that God has overlooked us. We feel that God has forgotten us. And sometimes we feel that God may not be answering us because we have done something wrong. And this is his way of, of, of punishing us. 
by not following through. But it's not always that. It's not always the case, saints of God. But sometimes God is sitting back and allowing things to happen in our lives because he wants to see that no matter how long it may take me, will you still continue to have a relationship with me? Will you continue to trust me no matter what? Will you continue to hold on to what I've told you despite how things may look? Because listen, saints of God, but sometimes by the way that things look in our lives, it does not always line up with what God has already told us. When we see things with our natural eyes, we become automatically because we're human. We talked about this, talked about that this morning in Sunday school. Because we're human and things don't go the way that we thought they would go, we become discouraged. We become disheartened because God has not moved in the way that we desired Him to do. But I believe, saints of God, that if we can, if we continue to hold on and to trust God and to have patience and to know that God is not a man that He should lie, that God will come through and He will answer every petition that we have sent unto Him. And so all we have to do, saints of God, is be encouraged, be patient, and continue to do all that God has told us to do. Even though Zacharias and Elizabeth were well advanced in age, they continued to follow the audiences of God. They continued to follow the commandments of God. Even though years had went on past the line and doctors would tell Elizabeth, listen, Elizabeth, you are in no shape. You are in no form to be able to give birth to a child. But yet they still believed and knew that God was going to do just what he said he would do. No matter how long it may have taken, they knew that God was going to do it and they knew they had a responsibility responsibility as well to wait and be patient on God. Sometimes waiting on God and being patient on God can sometimes be one of the longest things, the most tiring thing that we can do. Because it seems like the way that we want God to move, he's just not moving quick enough. He's just not moving in the way that we want him to move. He's not coming around the corner when we want him to. He's not knocking on the door when we want him to. But he's taking his time. But he's doing that because he wants to be able to do something in your life that nobody else can be able to get the credit for. God desires to do something in your life that nobody, your job, your family, your, the preacher, the church, that nobody can be able, the doctors can't even tell you how it happened. But it was only by the supernatural move and the supernatural timing and the supernatural move of God that God will be able to do the things in your life. So all God is trying to do, saints of God, he's desiring to move in your life supernaturally. Oh, how can you tell a woman that's, uh, that's well advanced in age, that's past all, the, uh, past all the ages to give birth to a child, that she should give birth to a child? How in the world can you tell the person that it's mind-blowing, Sister Stephanie, to tell somebody that that's 100 and something years old, Elder Robinson, that they shall give birth to a child? In our eyes, it's ridiculous. But there's something about the supernatural move of God that blows everybody's mind. It blows everybody's thinking. It blows everybody's knowledge. No matter how many degrees you got, you still can't figure out what God is doing because he does it supernaturally to show us that he still performs the same miracles that he did in the Bible today. We are living in the season of pressing where our backs are up against the wall. We've been tried on every side, but we must not give in and we must not give up. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, don't give in. Don't give up. But we must press our way through. As believers, sometimes we talk too much. 
We talk too much trying to rationalize everything and trying to make sense of everything and trying to pull everything into our own consciousness, consciousness and trying to line everything up with how we think it should go. Well, God, you know what? If you ask my opinion, why would God ask your opinion? He's God. He made the heavens. He made the earth. He made the moons. He made the stars. So why would God ask you what he thinks when he made you and I? And because God's ways does not sometimes add up the way that we want them to, and we're trying to rationalize, okay, well, listen, God, if you don't show up by Friday to help me pay this bill, well, I guess then I'm just going to have to go down the payday loan and do it myself. Because if you was really going to show up, you would have showed up by now. And we're trying to rationalize, and we're trying to put God together, and we're trying to piece God together, and we're trying to piece God's moves together. But saints of God, we can rationalize. We can try to think up. We can try to come up with the thief. We can try to come up with a method, but we can never be able to trace God supernaturally in the things that he does. Because the Bible reminds us, Isaiah reminds us in Isaiah 55 and 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord of Lord, says, says the Lord. Listen, my thoughts, the thoughts that I have, the things that I want to do may not always line up the way that you see me doing it. The things that I have to say, my words, my ways may not always line up with the way that you desire for them to line up. But listen, it's because I'm God and I'm sovereign. I can do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And it doesn't matter if it goes against the time of man. It does not matter if it goes against, if it breaks tradition. I'm God and I can do anything but fail. And so what the what God is trying to get, oh thank God for the lights. The lights on my time was to let me know when I'm up. And so I thought my time was up because the lights was out. And so God was trying to get Zacharias and Elizabeth to understand that listen, it does not matter how things look. But all that matters is what I've already said. It does not matter how things look with your eyes, but what you have to think about when you feel like giving in, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like throwing in the towel, when you don't feel like praising, when you don't feel like worshiping, when you don't feel like giving, when you don't feel like getting up, you have to you have to take your mind back and remember what God has done for you in the past. You have to have a, you have to trace your mind back and look back and remember what God told you late in the midnight hour when your body was racking with pain, when your mind was going through, when you thought that all hope was gone. You have to look back and trace God back and say, God, the Bible says that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so, God, if you're the same, then everything that you told me years ago that you're going to bring those things into full manifestation today. But what do we have to do? We must trust and not doubt because doubt can interfere with the supernatural move of God. Doubt can interfere. Doubt and unbelief can interfere with God moving supernaturally in our lives. Listen, saints of God, I'm not trying to brag. No, I don't want you to take it that way, but I just have to share it. Listen, you know, stuff has been stuff has been crazy or whatever, and I've been tr- God has been trusting me. God, I mean, not trusting, but God has been trying me in my giving. Trying me in my giving. Trying me in my giving. And I'm like, okay, God, now you know, besides my tithes and my offering. It ain't too much else I can do. You know, God, if I just give this other dollar, I'm going to be a dollar short on the bill. But I felt the pressing of God to just go ahead and to do it. I was at a church service a couple of weeks ago, and uh preacher got up, raised the offering. 
I was raising the offering for the pastor. He said he just felt led to raise his offering for the pastor. I said, you know what, let me sow a seed. And I looked, I looked in my pocket. You know, you try to get a dollar, two, 50 cents, whatever you find in the nearest pocket. You know how, y'all know how it is. And so I'm looking. I was like, dang, my money in the car. So the good I put up that good old church finger, go out to the car. Y'all know that church finger. You go to the bathroom, got to walk out early, got to tip out early. But you're making all the noise, grabbing your stuff, asking people to excuse you so you can get past and walk out, making a distraction for everybody. But you got to use that good old Baptist church finger. Amen. And so I go to the car and I get my money. I said, all right, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm listening to you. You done told me what to give. I'm going to put it in there. I said, man. And so I'm already there sitting in my, sitting in my mind. Okay, I got to take this money to the bank. That means I'm going to have to transfer some money from my savings to put that over there because this bill is probably going to go through Tuesday or Wednesday. So let me transfer this money Sunday night to make sure it's there on Monday just in case something comes up. I don't want nothing overdriving. I don't want nothing. Y'all know how it is. Come on, saints. Be real with me today. You know how it is. And so I did it. I said, okay, God. I said, you know what? You told me to do it. I trust you. I'm sowing the seed. I'm going to leave it alone. Soon enough, this lady came by. Every time I see the lady, you know, she says how she's, you know, she says how and everything like that. And she said, Pastor, before you leave, you know, I, 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 I want to give you something. I said, okay. So I'm thinking, you know, she came across a book, a towel or something, that, you know, something, no, a bookmark or something, you know, just thinking in my mind. And so I was talking to somebody. She came up to me and she put something in my hand. I said, oh, okay, thank you, sister. I just put it in my pocket. I ain't think nothing of it. You know, I put it in my pocket. And I walk out the door and I'm checking my pocket. And I open it up. I said, wait a minute. Is this a check? <laughs> and so I opened up the check. And not only was the check double than what I gave in the offering, but it was a little bit extra on the overflow than what I had already gave. I came to tell somebody today that it does not matter what your situation looks like. It does not matter what your circumstance looks like. God is saying that this year, that today, I want to move in your life supernaturally. I want to do stuff that blows your own mind. I want to do things that don't even make sense to you. I want you to sit there and scratch your head and try to figure out how I did it. But at the end, I want you to stop and say, God, I thank you for what you did. You looked out for me. You helped me, God. You did it just for me. And what I love so much about God is the Bible says that he's no respect of a person. What he's done for one, he will do the same thing for you. So when you believe, when you begin to trust God, when you believe to, when you begin to put all your all into God, God will do the same thing that he did for somebody else. And as believers, we talk too much. We're trying to figure out stuff. We're trying to rationalize things. We're trying to bring things to our own thinking. We're trying to bring everything down to our own level. But sometimes, Mother Cabin, we have to step back and say, all right, God, listen, I've done all that I can. You are the only one, God. Nobody else, God, can be able to do what needs to be done in my life but you. And when we let go and let God, God would do just what we asked him to do, plus more. Listen, saints of God, we must pray, press, and believe. We must pray, press, and believe. Unbelief 
kills, the, un the unbelief kills the desires to press until God does just what he said he would do because it doesn't make sense. In our minds, it doesn't make sense. In our conscience, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in, in the book that we read. It doesn't make sense what we looked up in our article on the internet. It just does not line up with our thinking. But sometimes we just have to be quiet. Sometimes we just have to stop talking and say, God, here you go, because there's nothing else that I can be able to do. Listen, I got a question for you this morning, church. How long will you continue to talk yourself out of the blessings of God? How long will you continue to talk yourself out of the blessings of God? We must develop the discipline of when to know when to speak and when not to speak. And that when it's time to speak, that God will give us the right words to say and that we won't use our own words and mess up what God is desiring to do in our lives. Just like Hannah that we talked about last week, Elizabeth knows the feeling of, of wanting a child but unable to reproduce. The Bible does not say that God closed up Elizabeth's womb. But her and Zachariah's old age may have played a role in it. They both, both served God faithfully. Zacharias was a priest and served the temple. As a priest, he was required to be on duty for his division twice a year for a week at a time. To some, it might have seemed by mere coincidence that Zacharias was chosen by Lot to offer the incense in the temple. But I believe that it was God's divine appointment that Zacharias come to the temple and offer the incense. Historians and theologians record that because of the large number of priests that were serving, that this would have been the only time in Zechariah's life where he would have been allowed to perform this task. Never take for granted the place that God has you in your life right now. Never take for granted the place that God has you in your life right now because you may not think too much of it, but he is in the, the place that God has you. He has you there for a reason and he has you there for a purpose because it's something that he is going to reveal to you. It is something that he is going to bring up before you. It is something that he is going to show you. There is something that God is going to say to you, but you must stay patient and you must stay in the place that you are and not try to move ahead of God. I heard a preacher talk about the songs that we sing. He said, if we started singing this hymn, uh, walk with me, Lord, if we started saying, Lord, uh, walk on me, Lord, it'd be a whole different dynamic when nobody want to sing that song. Walk on me, Lord. What? I don't want God to, I want him to walk with me. But at times, we move ahead of God trying to rationalize, trying to figure things out in our own perspective, in our own mindset. And we mess up what God is designed to move in our lives because we move ahead of God. Because God didn't move on our time. Because God didn't move when we wanted him to. We prayed for one hour and we thought that God was supposed to poof, show up like a genie. And do just what we want him to do. But saints of God, it does not work like that. When we come to God in prayer, I believe that Zacharias and Elizabeth labor in prayer to God. Now, the Bible does not say, the Bible does not say that they prayed for a child. They just say that her womb was barren. It never says that Elizabeth had a desire to have a child. But it just says that her womb was barren. And God, and God heard that prayer. God heard that cry. 
And he sent Gabriel, the archangel, to let Zechariah know, I've God has heard your petition, and he sent me to let you know that he's going to do just what you asked him to do. So it wasn't by coincidence that Zachariah, that his turn was up to walk, to, to operate, to be on duty in the temple, but it was by divine appointment that it was Zachariah's turn to be in the temple. Tell somebody, say, neighbor, you, you, you got next. You got next. While Zacharias was in the temple doing his priestly duties, an angel of the Lord by the name of Gabriel enters and shares good news with him. Gabriel came to Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, verse 21, to give him some instructions, to give him some revelations about what he needed to do. And he says, yes. And Daniel says, yes. While I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the form of vision, being caused to fly swiftly, came to me and touched me about the time of the evening, uh, evening sacrifice. Zacharias is struck with fear. The Bible says that fear came over Zacharias. Imagine you in church. And it's just you and the presence of God. But you're the only person there in human form. And somebody comes up, touches you on your shoulder. Yeah, you'd be scared. Yeah. In church or not, you're going to be a little, a little scared. And the Bible says that fear came over Zechariah. And God and the Gabriel, the angel, assures him to let him know that everything is okay and that his prayer has been answered and that Elizabeth will give birth to a son whose name shall be John, which means which means that his which means favorable. So he lets him know that listen, God has heard your prayer. God has sent me here as a messenger to let you know that God's going to do just what he said that he would do in your life and in the life of your child. So what happens is Zachary. Zacharias begins to doubt. Doubt kicks in. Brother Gabriel, brother preacher, brother angel, listen, my wife and I are very old. How in the, he said, listen, how can I be sure of this? How can I know? Listen, and, 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 and Zachariah begins to give all this long list of stuff of why God can't do what he wants to do. How in the world can you tell God what to do? He's God. How can you, we put so, well, that's what happens in the life of believers. We put so many limitations on God and we limit God to only doing this. We limit God, well, God, you can only move in big cities. You can't move here. We only limit God to this. We limit him to that. And we take, and we put the caps on God when God has said, take the brakes off of me so that I can be able to operate and move in your life supernaturally. Because he said, listen, I'm desiring to find somebody that I can be able to show myself strong in their life. And Zechariah, he begins to doubt. He begins to give all this long list of Gabriel of why God can't do what he wants to do. And Gabriel says, listen, oh, hold on, brother preacher. I don't, I don't have to listen to this. Let me let you know. I am an angel. Look, look at verse um, Look at verse 19. He says, and the angel replied, look, go, go to verse 18. It says, and Zechariah said to the angel, but what shall I know and be sure of this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. So pretty much Zechariah is asking for a sign to let him know that, listen, that this is God. And the angel replied to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. 
and I have been sent to talk to you and bring you bring you this good news. Listen, he said, listen, not only do I know God, but I sit in his presence and I hear him when he speaks. So if that's not enough sign for you, then I don't know what your issue is, Zechariah. And verse 20 says, and now, and now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not able to speak to the day when these things take place because you have not believed what I told you. But my words of other kind, which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. He's letting him know that, listen, my words are not just merely words that I'm just saying just to give off breath. My words, I'm not prophesying to you. I'm not just telling you some stuff to make you feel good. But I'm telling you what I heard God tell me to tell you. Because I am an angel and I stand in the very presence of God. Let's look at Gabriel for a minute. Gabriel's names means a man of God or strength of God. He is one of God's archangels who stands before the throne, praising him and interceding for man. So if anybody else was able to hear what God said, it was Gabriel. Because of his unbelief, because of Zechariah's unbelief, Gabriel shuts the mouth, shuts his mouth until the promise comes into full manifestation. Gabriel shuts the mouth of Zechariah because he realized, listen, I am not going to allow you to mess up what God desires to do in your life. God loves us so much that he will put us out of the way. He will back us up out of the way so that we won't mess up what God desires to do in our lives because the work that God desires to do in our lives supernaturally is not just for you. Let me say it again. The work that God desires to do in your life supernaturally is not just for you, but it's to serve as a stage for somebody else to let them know if God was able to do it for them, God could do the same thing in my life. And he shuts his mouth. He shuts his mouth because he does not want his unbelief. He does not want his doubt to kill the blessings and the miracle of God. How many of us does God need to shut our mouths? How many of us up until this day have talked ourselves out of a blessing, have talked ourselves out of a miracle because we said, well, God, you showed me. Lord, I don't know how this is going to happen. I know, listen, I know there's nothing too hard for you, but I just don't know if you can cure this cancer. I don't know, Lord. I know the Bible says there's nothing too hard for you, but I don't know, God, if you can make a way in the desert. I don't know if you can do it, Lord. And he shows us in his word time after time what he can do. Listen, the children of Israel walked around in the wilderness for 40 years in the same clothes for 40 years. Same shoes. You know your feet grow over time, but their feet did not grow. You know we eat a lot. Listen, he fed them by manna from heaven. So you know they might have picked up a little weight, but their clothes did not, their clothes did not grow. They didn't grow out of their clothes. God provided from them even in the midst of their rebellion and their deliberate sin to let them know, I am king and I am Lord in your life. So if God was able to do it for them, why can't he do it for you and I? And we got to stop talking so much. We got to stop rationalizing things so much and just say, God, no, it doesn't make sense. Lord, I don't know how you're going to move, but I know you're able and I trust you 
And I have enough sense and belief in you to know that you can do anything but fail. And there comes a time in the life of a believer where we got to shut up. Not trying to be rude, but we just got to be quiet. And let God do his job. We talk ourselves. We speak death over our own stuff. We don't need nobody to speak it for us. We speak it over ourselves. Well, this is just the end. Every good thing has to come to an end. I might as well just die now. Speak life over your stuff. Speak life in the midst of what you're going through. If God hasn't given up on you, why would you give up on yourself? God is able, saints of God. Because the thing that God had to show me is that Zechariah's issue, Zechariah and Elizabeth's issue, was not so much that she was barren, but it was Zechariah's unbelief. It was his doubt that God was trying to correct and to let him know, listen, I got to shut you up so I can be able to move. I got to close your mouth so I can be able to do what I need to do. And that is what God is saying to us today. Let me be God, let me be king. Let me be Lord. Let me be ruler in your life. Imagine how much peace, how much, uh, how, how stressless our life would be if we would just surrender and just trust God with our all. If we were only did what only we could do and say, God, the rest is in your hands, Lord. I can't do nothing else about it, God. You are the only one that can work this situation out. The doors of the church are open. If there's anybody here in this place on today...